So this week we're concluding our series called The Heartbeat of Discipleship, and uh, we've been looking at how it is that, <clears throat> that our lives as disciples are lived out. Uh, we've been talking about that looks like experiencing God's love, knowing Jesus Christ, and growing in his image. And though this is the final week of the series, it's not the end of our focus on discipleship. Discipleship is really the whole picture of who we are and who we are becoming. And so we'll be very intentional in coming back to what it means to experience God's love, know Jesus Christ, and grow in his image. Hopefully, in this last week or so, you've received a card in the mail uh, that looks like this. That's one side of the card. I have it here with me. There are some in the back, I believe. If you didn't get a card and need one, if you want to raise your hand, we will get you, get you one. The inside of the card looks like this. When we come up for communion in just a little bit, you're going to have an opportunity to bring this card for, forward as an act of commitment uh, to your own spiritual growth. And I want to remind you that, that really it's between you and God what you check off on this card, that really God doesn't need you to do any of these things. God doesn't want things from us. God wants us. And so this really is a tool for you to think about where it is that you need to grow and what it is God is inviting, to, inviting you to do in areas of worship and spiritual formation and service. And so I want to invite you to be prayerful about uh, what that looks like for you and to consider bringing that forward with you when you come up for communion in just a little bit. We've talked about, um, we've talked about experiencing God's love, and we've talked about what it means to know Jesus Christ. Tonight, we're talking about what it means to grow in his image, to grow in the image of God. I know sometimes we don't like to think that we have room to grow, but we all do, no matter how old we are, no matter how long we've been on this faith journey, there's always room for us to become more like Christ. So I wonder what your growing edge is tonight. Where is it that God's inviting you to surrender to that process of transformation so that indeed you are being made more like Christ? Let us pray. Oh Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This process of growth, this process of becoming a disciple, of living as a disciple, is, is not magic. It's not transactional. You don't, you don't turn something in and, and get something back. It's transformational. It's, it's not something that happens overnight, but really over a course of time, a process of change over time. Sometimes it seems to happen quickly. I mean, sometimes my boys wake up and I could swear that they're an inch taller than they were, than they were when they went to bed, right? I'm, but most of the time, our growth is incremental over time. And there may be periods of time where you're not sure that you are growing or, or you feel evidence of that. But when we surrender to knowing Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to be at work in us, then we are always invited to that process of growing, to that process of becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus. That's what a disciple is, a, a follower, a learner of Jesus. And, and so our journey is to become fully devoted in heart and mind and soul, in thought and word and action, fully devoted to following Christ. And it begins, really, the transformation is, is uh, 
into the image in which we were created. We're created in the image of God. This passage out of Genesis from the very first chapter goes all the way back to the beginning, that in the beginning God spoke and creation happened. And God created the earth and the skies and the trees and the plants and the animals and the sun and the moon and the stars. And at the end of this first account of creation, God creates humankind. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. and the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Just after that piece of creation, uh, after each day of creation, God calls what God created good. And at the end of this piece of creation, looking at all that God had created, including humankind and God's image, God says, it is very good. This is in us. The image of God is deep within us. It is how we are created. Sometimes that image of God, that goodness of God in us, uh, gets uh, overlooked or overshadowed by our sin, right? Because it's not too long after this that Adam and Eve, created in the image of God, with the breath of God in them, giving them life, disobey God and go beyond the boundaries that God has set for them. And we inherit that fallenness. We inherit that brokenness. But within us still is this image of God, distorted by sin, but not eradicated by sin. Before there was original sin, there was this original blessing. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we work so hard to get rid of our sin that we forget that where we started actually was with blessing, with being created in God's image and being called very good. Our journey is about being restored into that image, about reclaiming that image, that original blessing, and understanding that no matter how many layers need to be removed before that emerges as us, that that is within each of us. In the United Methodist Church, we believe that this is by God's grace. It is by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit at work in us and through us. This growing peace is what we experience as God's sanctifying grace. God's grace is God's grace. All, all of grace is the same. It's, it's God's love for us that we don't earn and, and we don't deserve, and yet God freely gives to us. We've talked before about God's prevenient grace, that before we're even aware of it, before we know that we can respond or that God's inviting us to respond, that God loves us. This is one of the reasons that we baptize children. We believe God is already at work in their hearts, in their lives. That prevenient grace that comes before or goes before our awareness of it, our ability to respond to it. And then at that point in our lives when we recognize our need for a Savior, when we recognize that that we are broken and, and we are a sinful people and that there's only one way that we can be made right with God, and that's in Jesus Christ, when we get to that point and say yes to Jesus, to a relationship with Jesus that reconciles us with God, that's God's justifying grace, that we're made right with God in Christ. And from that moment on, the rest of our journey is really an experience of God's sanctifying grace. 
God's unearned, unmerited loving action on our behalf, making us holy, restoring us in the, into the image in which we were created, the image of that holy God. The sanctifying grace, the process by which we are made holy, making us like Christ. John Wesley expressed it in this way. God is continually breathing, as it were, upon his soul. This is the person's soul, man's soul. And his soul is breathing unto God. Imagine that. Can you imagine that? That God is continually breathing in us. And us breathing in that spirit. Grace is descending into his heart and prayer and praise ascending to heaven. And by this intercourse between God and man, this fellowship with the Father and the Son, as by a kind of spiritual respiration, the life of God in the soul is sustained. And the child of God grows up till he comes to full measure of the stature of Christ. This sanctifying grace that reminds us that God is continually breathing God's spirit in us that God is continually at work within us, restoring us to that image in which we were created. That this interaction, this dynamic of relationship between us and God is sustaining our soul, revealing who we really are. John Wesley also talked uh, about the sanctifying grace, that the, the goal of that in making us like Christ is that we would be going on to perfection, that we would be made perfect in love. Uh, we, we sometimes wrestle with this idea of perfection because in our mind, uh, it's about perfectionism, right? But, but what John Wesley was talking about and what Jesus was talking about, this being made perfect is really being made perfect in love. Here it means perfect love. It is love excluding sin, love filling the heart, taking up the whole capacity of the soul. It is uh, the love of God and other that drives and rules our thoughts and our words and our actions. Remember that greatest commandment Jesus gives us, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what being made perfect in love looks like when we get to that point where it is that agape love, that sacrificial love that is really concerned and um, interested in the best for the other. What is best for the other? That kind of love is what we're striving for. In the midst of our broken and fallen world, that God's desire is for us to move toward that kind of love, being made perfect in love, this Christian perfection, this sanctifying grace. And worship plus two really is a formula uh, for that transformation, for that process of transformation. A, a couple of years ago, several years ago now, we talked to you about the reveal survey that Willow Creek Association had done 250,000, more than 250,000 people took this survey. Over 1,000 churches participated in it, identifying different stages of growth and development of our Christian faith, our Christian journey, and identifying catalysts for growth so that we, we know some things that are helpful to us in growing into who God created us to be. And worship plus two really is a formula that came out of those ideas, that there's some significant ways in which we grow in our faith. Uh, worship. We're, we are created to worship. We're made to worship. We're created to give worth and honor and praise to something that is greater than ourselves. 
This happens uh, on a private level with our personal uh, times of devotion and worship um, in nature and scripture and prayer, but it also happens corporately when we gather for worship. Forever and ever, God's people have gathered to remember who they are, to remember whose they are, to remember that they are not alone, to remember and hear God's word to them, to offer prayers for themselves, for one another, for the world, to confess sin and receive pardon, to offer themselves into God's keeping, into God's care. When we gather for worship here, we gather for those things, to remember those things, but uh, the church is not a club to come to to feel better about yourself. It's not a place for you to come in and check something off of your to-do list. It really is about coming and being transformed by the presence of God's Spirit to be sent back out into the world. We're called to remember who we are as God's beloved children so that when we are out living in the broken world, we're helping others know that they too are God's beloved children. We're called to worship to remember that we're created in the image of God so that we're sent out to help others understand that they too are created in the image of God. Worship uh, plus two. Worship is, um, ties into meeting together. The writer of Hebrews says, let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So gathering, not, not forgetting to gather in worship, but also then in small groups. I'm going to talk about small groups in just a minute. I just want to point out that here at Bethany, we have every week there are seven different opportunities for you to worship. Maybe you didn't know that, but every week there are seven opportunities. This service on Saturday evenings, there are three services in this space on Sunday mornings. There's a service over in the chapel every Sunday morning that is contemplative. It's uh, silence and song and scripture and holy communion. We have a Wednesday service that's half hour. It's God's word, it's prayer, it's song, it's communion. It's over in the chapel. And we have a youth worship service, and our uh, student ministries director has assured me that any of us are welcome uh, to come to youth worship if we want to, if you feel so inclined. But my point is, there, there really, if there was only one service available to you, then it, it might be reasonable that sometimes you didn't come. But there are seven available to you. And so you would be hard-pressed to convince me that there is not an opportunity each week for you to worship. If you're sick, don't come, right, Nurse Suzanne? If you're sick, do not come and share the germs. If you're out of town, do y'all know that there's churches in other cities and other towns? There are other places where it's the same body of Christ, y'all. When you're out of t- find a way to be in worship. Don't give up meeting together. It's so important. That leads us to the plus two, worship, plus two. The plus one is spiritual formation. We used to talk about this, and sometimes we still do, as discipleship. But discipleship is really the big picture of who we are. Spiritual formation is things like Bible studies and classes in which you uh, maybe learn about a different topic or talk about theology or what does it mean to be a Christian in today's world. Uh, Small groups where where you gather and you hold one another accountable. Small groups in which uh, you know other people and they know you, right? And and they know if you're absent and they're going to call you and find out why you were absent. It's easy enough just to come to worship 
and not feel connected. The value of being in a small group is that you find a connection with other people who are also on the same journey. Across the course of my life, as I look back at every period of my life, I had one or two at least friends who supported me in this way. We supported one another in this way. Having a small group of people to surround you, to ask you hard questions, to love you as you wrestle through the questions, is essential to our growth. That's, that's the plus one, that spiritual formation. If, you are, um, if that's one of your growing edges, uh, take Alpha. Alpha is starting their first uh, introductory dinner is tomorrow night. Um, you can come and then still go home and watch the Super Bowl. It's free. Uh, come and, and learn and be part of a small group. Uh, grow groups. If you're interested in a grow group, we can get you set up with a grow group to spend some time together. None of these are initially lifetime commitments. They're, they're short-term investments in your growth, your spiritual growth. That plus two then is service. So worship, spiritual formation, and service. We're called to live beyond our, ourselves, that it's not all about us. And so we're called to find a place within the body of Christ to serve and beyond the walls. That's part of who we are as the people of God. Those who seek out the least and the last and the lost, those who invite and, and welcome folks who are just longing to find a place of hope and healing, who want to know that they're loved, that they belong. That's part of our call, is too, is to be engaged in service. Worship plus two, those three areas. There's lots of different things within each of those areas, but the three of them together really provide a pretty balanced foundation, right? If you only come to worship, then you're missing out on the balance of spiritual formation and service. If you only are part of a small group, you're missing out on the value of the other. If, if you only serve, and serving is good, but if you only are engaged in service, but skipping worship or skipping being part of a small group, then you're missing out on the bigger picture. You're missing out on the balance of what God invites us. Uh, the thing is, this is not a race uh, against each other. It's not a, a, comp- a competition against each other. We need all of these areas of growth, and we need to offer ourselves to them so that we can live fully and freely in the life that God has given to us. It's really about allowing the image of God that is already in us to emerge over and over, more and more, so that we really do become more like Christ. I love what Paul writes to the Corinthians. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into, that, into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. When we allow the Spirit to be at work in us, transforming us, we are being transformed one step at a time into the image and likeness of Christ. So my sister, uh, one of the things that she sent to the boys this year for Christmas was a butterfly habitat garden thing. It comes with a, a netted cage thing, and eventually that's where your butterflies end up. But this is what arrives first, this cup of little brown, not very pretty things, right? And you think there's no way that there's a butterfly in there. 
right? But that's, these caterpillars arrive in this way, and, and you have them in this cup, and over time, they actually grow and become caterpillars, and they eat, and they continue to grow. And, and the idea is that every t- as they're growing, what they're doing is shedding the outer skin, their exoskeleton. They're, they're shedding that several times in the process of growing. So every day we woke up, and there was a, a new piece of them, a new part to them. Eventually, what they are supposed to do is connect themselves to the top of, to the underside of the lid of this cup, and they'll form this J uh, formation, and they hang there, and that's where they uh, build the chrysalis. That's where they turn into the chrysalis, right? You can't really see very well in here, but so we started with five, five little ugly things and um, ended up only with four that attached themselves to the top of the cup. There's one laying right at the front of the, of the cup. And I, I watched. I thought, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. Now, you're not supposed to take the lid off until uh, they give you instructions, very clear instructions about what to do and what not to do. So I just let that one lay there. I, di- I didn't really know uh, what to do with them. There were instructions about what to do if one of them falls off when you transfer uh, the lid. So, so then they begin to form that chrysalis, that hard, hard outer shell, right? And then eventually what you do is you, you take that lid off and you have a stand and you set it in the stand inside the netting. Well, there were instructions about what to do if one of these fell off in that transfer, which of course it, one of them did. And what you're supposed to do with that one is, is lay it on a little piece of paper towel in the bottom of the cage, which is behind that. You can see the white uh, piece of paper at the back. So the one that fell off, I thought, well, the one who never attached himself, I'll, I'll just lay him on there too. I don't, I don't know what to do with him. I didn't know if he had died. I didn't know if I should get rid of him. I, I thought about that. I didn't know. I, I, I just didn't know. So I, I chose to lay them both at the bottom of the habitat. And so then you watch and you wait and you, you watch and, and you wait uh, until eventually you have butterflies. And um, what they leave on the, on the uh, lid of the cup and sometimes on the bottom is this outer shell. And you can see very clearly that that's where they were. And they emerge from this and, and become these butterflies. All five of them became butterflies. Even the, two, even the one that had fallen off even the one that never attached itself, the one that I almost threw away, became a butterfly. It was amazing to watch this, this transformation and to be with the boys as, as we watched this transformation. And so um, this was the day that we released them. You feed them for uh, several days and then, and then you release them. And so they, we released all of them, and now they're out in the world. But they became who they were created to be. And there's a couple of things that I take away from this experience. Uh, one is that what we ended with, these butterflies, is the fullness of exactly what we started with. Right? So that is already in that. The image of God is within us. That's how we're created. 
and, and the image of God that continues to emerge as we offer ourselves to the transformation by God's grace, by the power of God's Spirit. The process of that transformation allows us to emerge and live fully and freely as who God intends us to be. The thing is, often the world kind of caves in around us, right? And, and we have life experiences that are difficult, and we have things that are hard to let go of, unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness and guilt and shame and the consequences of poor choices that we've made or things that have happened to us, and it's really, it's really hard for us to let go. It's really hard not to try to stay bound in those things, and yet the process of growth means that we have to let go. In order to emerge more and more into who God has created us to be, then we have to let go of the things that keep us from living fully and freely as God created us to. Our life is sometimes really hard, but the image of God is within us. And the process of growth allows us to emerge into who God created us to be. The other thing that struck me so clearly was that this one who never attached itself to the lid, that I was contemplating getting rid of and throwing away, reminded me that God never gives up on us, never discards us, never throws us away, even when we don't follow the process like we think we should, even when we may have had a harder time offering ourselves to the transformation, even when our lives have been running in the opposite direction of God's love for us, God never gives up on us, never discards us, never abandons us, because we're created in the image of God. God's love for us is so deep, so ingrained in who we are, that the process of growth and transformation is about letting go of the things that convince us otherwise. We all have uh, different life experiences. The other thing I, I watched was that this happened. Even though this happened uh, within a time frame, they were all different. And one of them attached to the top very quickly. The other took a while longer. One of them fell off. They didn't all emerge at the same time. In fact, again, on the day that most of them had emerged, uh, you can see that um, one kind of on the, the right, the darker one, was still as a chrysalis, and I thought, oh, gosh, the other one emerged that I thought was dead, but now maybe this one's dead. I mean, like, I was, I didn't know, um, but different pace of growth and learning. We all have different life experiences, different circumstances. We come from different families. We have different relationships, different experiences of the church. All of those things shape us, and all of the process of growth and sanctification is, is about restoring us in that image in which we are created. Not to make us better than anyone else. It doesn't matter who finishes first. It doesn't matter who emerged first. Right? And it's not to make us feel better than someone else. It, it's not to uh, make us any different. We're all created in the image and likeness of God. It doesn't mean that we're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean that we're immune to life's circumstances. You know, I wish that there was some way for me to have known what happened to the butterflies after we released them. One of them took a long, much longer time to fly off. 
And I thought, you know, there's birds around and all sorts of things that would love to have this butterfly for lunch, right? We don't all have the same set of circumstances. We're not, just because we are growing into the likeness and image of God doesn't mean that we're not going to have a hard time. But we're named and claimed by God in whose image we are created. These butterflies needed an environment in which to grow. They needed food. They needed time, similar to all of us. And Worship Plus 2 helps create that environment for us helps provide that food and that nourishment for us and helps give us time to emerge on our journey the way that God intends for us to do. Every time we say yes to Jesus, every time we come to worship, every time we pray, every time we uh, risk uh, joining a class or being part of a small group, every time that is one step of transformation from glory to glory, every time is one step forward in the process of sanctification, of being made like God. Sometimes we'll see clearly the growth. Sometimes we won't. But understanding that that image of God in which we are created is really our original blessing. That's where we start and that's what we're going toward. Then the amount of time doesn't matter as much as surrendering ourselves to the process. We want to help you here at Bethany, be part of that. So we're committed to providing classes and studies and and groups to come alongside you for this journey. The thing is, we can't make disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world unless we are disciples. We can't help or expect other people to change or to grow to be more like Christ unless we're willing to grow and be more like Christ. And the world's going to be watching us. The world already is. And the world's looking for evidence of sanctification. The evidence of the Spirit dwelling in us that is uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. If that is more and more part of our life, then you can see that evidence of the sanctification at work in you. And others will see that. If that's not part of what you begin to see and experience in your own life, the world's not going to see it either. And it's kind of naive for us to think that just because we say the words that we follow Christ, that we say that we're a Christian, if it's only our words and not our behavior, the world is not going to be fooled by that. We're called to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, but we have to be in the process of being transformed ourselves, growing in God's image. I wonder what your growing edge is today. What are you willing to to offer to God? Surrender yourself to that process so that really that image of God that is already within you, that's how you are created, is what continues to emerge more and more so that you live fully and freely as a beloved child of God. What is it for you this day? There's never a time better than right now for you to make that choice to grow, to offer yourself to growth. And the people said, amen.